Well, Tyler Hayward is joining me on the last cast. Again, the car cast, I should call it, as we try to fit in this podcast. Um, uh, I'm excited to have you on this platform, Tyler. Obviously, we've done a lot on, on uh, a couple of the snap, and then you came on the lap a lot. So, um, look, this is kind of breaking news. Not really, because I think we're all kind of used to it in this state. It fits very well in with uh, Mr. Campbell's statement where the state's getting tired of getting pushed around. Uh, the kids in this state, deserve better i mean the kids that are playing grassroots sports uh high school sports deserve better and we have continued to let them down and look i don't want to get into this uh battle obviously tyler's going to have my back on this one but i don't want to have this battle on covid i don't want to have a battle on politicians that's not why we're here and we just don't do that but i think i've had about enough you know i have players i've worked with tyler's done a lot with sports we both understand how important this is but it looks like from everything I've read today, Tyler, uh, no contact sports unless professional sports. That's what she said. And that doesn't even make sense because college sports are clearly taking off. Do you have any initial thought on it? Because I know you're in Indiana. Look, all of our players continue to go to you guys, which is great. So thank you for that. Uh, quite the economy boost as well. Um, do you have any thoughts? Because it's like it just continues to happen. And it's going to fit nicely in with our, our talk about our new head coach. I actually do. I, I think it's complete bullcrap. Um, you know, you sit there and you can look at the percentage of safe tests coming back from high school athletes under these mandates. You know, kids are getting tested like two or three times a week. Um, and, you know, everybody was safe. And, it, and, uh, you know, most of the kids came back and they were safe in the protocols. Uh, well, someone may have tested positive for COVID uh, with the protocols that were in place in the state of Michigan for how football was being handled earlier on in the year. Um, it was a, uh, it, it was not pointed to as a spreader of the disease. And, you know, there's protocols in place. I, uh, had my first head coaching job uh, earlier uh, or late last year. And, uh, you know, we had a couple instances where COVID did end up popping up. You know, I had a six, seven man team uh, based upon, uh, depending on when one of my transfers uh, showed up and, you know, we had a kid test positive at the end of the year. He did not play. I've never had COVID. Uh, a team that we played, we were close contact. We did not play until his test came back. And, uh, or we did not play until uh, his quarantine time came up based upon uh, when he started exhibiting symptoms. And, you know, that means me and no, the rest of my players did not catch COVID from him. Like there are safety protocols that uh, the state of Michigan, I feel, can look towards Indiana for a little bit of advice. And I think uh, this should be something that is heavily considered because look, this is look basketball for me was always a way to get out of, uh, you know, circumstances, you know, I went through a lot through my high school yeah. and college years and basketball allowed me that opportunity to 
you know, meet you. Uh, you know, you've been one yeah. of my best friends since basketball, you know, otherwise we would never talk to each other. And yeah. uh, it's it gives these kids an opportunity to socialize. It gives them an opportunity to get out of the monotony of everyday life, gives them something to take their minds off of whatever hardships they're dealing with. And some of these kids, you know, this might have been the year where, you know, they get that small college offer and they get their college paid for. And those are the, or at least partially paid for. And those are the things that this is really robbing the kids of. It's not a, oh, well, sports is more important than COVID thing. It's not that. No, it's everything else that comes with it is just as important. I mean, that statement continues to ring in my head from people who just are not athletes, which is fine. Like, look, you don't have to be an athlete to have worries of COVID. You don't have to be uh, an athlete to um, also hope that the athlete can play. I mean, it, you just got to put yourself in other shoes. But this that's just great points because Tyler and myself obviously met through, through sport. Uh, you know, I look back at our, our last year of high school basketball. What a great time of our life. You know, forget all the wins. Yeah, that was great. I mean, that was like the cherry on top of the pie. But just the experiences, be able to practice with you. Um, you, you know, I still have memories of you on our bench being a part of our staff. Because, you know, when you're a manager, you're really an assistant coach. I mean, you're, you're there. You're a part of the team every day. And, you know, yeah, it, we build friendships from that memories that last a lifetime these kids are getting robbed of that and, and i've gotten to the point where i have a real hard time because you know it, it fits into what we're going to talk about with the detroit lions coach i'm going to use his words i mean this state has been kicked around been battered been, been talked down on and we have i mean i've got friends in texas georgia florida that are laughing at us i mean like wow you guys aren't even playing sports what a joke I was and doing a little really bit of laughing just in Indiana. So we don't yeah, have I mean, to laugh Indiana ourselves. To the bank. I mean, Indiana's like, cha-ching, bring it on, pay for our hotels. I mean, I've got friends and, and that have kids that play. You know, they're going to Indiana almost every weekend if they're, if they're not in high school basketball because they can. High school kids are really getting robbed because they don't have that opportunity. There's no AAU basketball right now. So the prep school kid, yeah. Imani Bates, Ipsy Prep can do whatever they want. That's awesome. Like, I, I want them to play in here in this state. Um, the high school kids playing in this association, you know, it, it's not happening. And, you know, I got homeschool kids that have to follow the rule. And that's, they're getting upset. I mean, it's just, we got to get to the point where everything matters. And this, and this is what I'll say about COVID. If it's to the point we can't control this thing, we got to shut everything down then. Let's put it all on pause then, not just sports. Let's put a little bit of everything on pause. I mean, I've went to work. How you went to work, and now you're w- working remotely, correct? So yeah, I, I I could be wor- I could be working in the office, but you know, uh, I have a daughter. This gives me an opportunity to be around her and my family a little bit more. And you know, I don't like uh, wearing pants, and so this is awesome. And so I'm doing this more by choice than I am. By, Shout uh, out the pantless workers. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm doing this more by choice than I am a uh, company mandate or state mandate or anything like that. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, good point. But no, it, the the last point because you know I I don't want to get too aggressive with this thing. I've already learned the hard way. Look, I'm not trying to even go at our governor. Believe, believe me, it's easy to do that. It's it's coming together. Like, look, if I want to, you know, I watched the inauguration the other day. You know, look. 
I'm pretty much conservative. I can admit it. But I felt pretty good about some things. You know, I felt like the, the word unity and united, very important. We all should be united on all fronts. Well, sports unites us. And this state needs it. These kids need it. And, you know, I just feel bad. I mean, look, our high school, Hanover Orton, had a great team last year. I mean, a phenomenal team. These are kids I've worked with. These are kids that you knew, that your family knew, that my family knew. Hardworking kids, great coaches, lost their season. And that team had a great opportunity to not only maybe win a state championship, but maybe a couple kids play really well on that stage. If I didn't have my senior year, there's no way I would have been able to, to really show the type of player I was because I improved a lot from junior to senior year. And we got to the next step. I mean, we got to the final four. We got to play at the Breads. I mean, I feel terrible for these kids. I'm sick of it. We got to find new ways. I know that's going to be one of my things is talking to more basketball people, uh, talking to you, Tyler, because you're in Indiana. Hey, what's going on out there? Can I bring some kids? Um, that has to be what we do to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's just one of those things. I mean, look, you try not to get political um, in this situation. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to avoid that as much as humanly possible right now. Um, that being said, it is being politicized, you know, to and in, in, that doesn't negate the seriousness of it all. But, you know, I uh, text Alan Agane a few months ago. And uh, great guest on the show. He, he was he was a great guest with us on Trouble with the Snap. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, he lives in Paris. And I mean, even he knew. He goes, "Oh, it's being politicized over there." I can tell you that right now. And so it was something like, you know, even on the other side of the world, they know uh, how America's handling the situation. He goes, yeah, we got spikes over here too, but it's not nearly as bad as what's going on over there. And it's because it's being politicized. And look, with the addition of the vaccine, with a change in leadership over here, you know, maybe things uh, start dying down a little bit more. And, you know, that's not to say Biden will do better than Trump or Trump did better than Biden, you know, but... It will, it might end the, you know, politicking of making COVID political. It might might take that away. And, you know, once that happens, I think that uh, things will begin to clear up a little bit around certain states, specifically Michigan. Absolutely. I mean, look, here's the the bottom line of this. I, I talked to one of my parents today about this. I said, look. There comes a time when you're a leader, you have to admit and look in the mirror and say, I, I failed in some areas. I have to improve. I mean, I, I've done that almost all of my life where, okay, here's the things I did well as a leader. Here's the things I did really, really bad as a leader. Um, I can admit where I went wrong. You know, one of the things I've improved as a leader is, you know, 100% of the time you have to put the kids first, you know, and I've gotten better at that where, you know, there was plenty of times I was doing that, but then there was other times when it wasn't just about the kids. It was about my business or it was about you know what can i do to better me uh, and i always say the phrase team over me we got to have a team over me concept in this state to allow kids to play sports safely through COVID 19 we just have to and, and i am you know i'll say this about our wonderful governor 
I'm rooting for her. You know, it's like, I don't want her to fail. I want her to win. I want her to do well. I want her to improve as a leader. I don't think that she's the best leader right now. And that leads us into the Detroit Lions talk we're about to have. You know, Matt Patricia, I, I include most of my things in life to sports. That's my experience, right? I'm not going to say I'm a scientist. I'm not going to fight COVID-19 politically or scientifically. I don't have that right. As a leader, though, in sports, look, you have got to be team over me. And, and I think we got a guy in Campbell. I do think he has that approach. I think it's team over me. We're going to have the right pieces around me that make our organization, this city, proud. And I, I'll tell you what, Tyler, I have no idea how good they're going to be. We know that. <laughs> there's no reason for us to say, oh, I expect this to be great because there's no proof of that ever yeah. happening. But I like this guy. I like his energy. I like his passion. I love that he played in Detroit. Your initial thoughts about this hire? Uh, I'm, I'm torn. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn on it. Uh, there's multiple reasons for one side of the argument. There's multiple reasons for the other. I, I like the guy who's excited about it. I like the fact that the Lions are not trying to mimic a winning culture trying to create their own now. And, you know, that was a big problem yeah. when you look at, you know, oh, we're going to bring in Jamie Collins. Oh, we're going to bring in Matt Patricia. Oh, we're going to bring in uh, Danny Amendola. And we're going to bring in all these New England Patriot guys. And it's just like, you can mimic that success without bringing in is that uh, the team who developed the culture that you want to mimic decided, you know what, they're not worth what we're paying them. And so yeah. there's a reason that those guys got to go. And so I think that, uh, you know, this guy obviously has winning experience. Uh, he's obviously he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he has won with the Saints. And, uh, you know, they've they've made it quite a ways every single year um, for I think three or four years I think that this is a uh, a guy who is a football guy now uh, the problem that I'm having with this is first off I think he's a lunatic <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you got the nameplate that says the dude right outside your office you've got uh, that press conference where Oh, I'm not going to give you a bunch of coach speak. You're probably tired of that. And he is brutally honest about his players. That's cool. Like, I like our offense better than I like our defense right now. Uh, and so I, I appreciate that. But then, um, then there was the analogy. Oh, you're going to hit us once. We're going to fall down. And it's like, line's been getting hit once and falling down the entire time. <laughs> But then he goes, but then we're going to get up. We're going to kneecap. And that part kind of threw me off a little bit. Kind of had a motivational yet crazy approach. And look, there's another coach in this state who has a motivational yet crazy approach. And he hasn't won a division title. Um, (laughs) Well, let's not compare those two. You did that today. And I don't want to go this route because you know how I feel about that gentleman. But look. I had to, I, when you posted that, I said, okay, but by the way, what Tyler did was yeah. he wanted to add a little bit of that knock on Jim Harbaugh, which rightfully so is a yeah, smart, you deserve and have earned that yeah. right. And you've earned that right. But 
the, this is different. I mean, right. this is different because I think what happens is this guy is saying, look, this is a broken organization. We got to be a little different yeah. for it to change because if we're not, we're going to be the same old lion, that SOL crap that we've dealt with. So I did like the approach. And look, I have no idea schematically how good he'll be. He has great experience. I think that him as a player, I like that he was a tight end. I think this team does need to be a physical team on offense. They don't They don't have the quarterback yet, which we'll talk about here soon, to run an offense that can be a little more RPO or a little more speed. Um, this has got to be a powerful football team, a play-action team. He, we have a good tight end. We've had solid tight ends here. Not Ebron, by the way. Thank you. But, uh, you know, I, I think we got to find a way to keep the good pieces we have on offense. And then we got to figure out the quarterback position. Let's talk about that because I know you have strong feelings about it. I'm 50-50. I feel like if we keep Stafford, maybe he'll be a quarterback that can still in a couple years do some good things. I know it's not our future goal to have him around. It can't be our future goal. But do you think that you pull the plug early? I mean, that's the main talk. You know, you got to just get this done now. Do you feel that way, or do you feel like we still got to wait a couple more years and then let's well, move on? If you wait a couple more years, you're not going to get anything in return. And I think that that's where I'm a big advocate of getting rid of him now, or at least in a year. Um, you look at his last couple seasons. He's been hurt. He's been banged up. He's literally playing with busted back ribs. Uh, his throwing hand doesn't matter. He's had a two-game lead on the division, three games left, and still uh, could not win the division title. Um, it was a few years ago when he hurt his hand. I think that when he's talking about the pieces on offense, uh, first off, he's a tight end guy. So Hawkinson's obviously one of those guys that you have to love. Right yeah. now, you've got to be a fan of. Kenny Galladay, you've got to be a fan of. Marvin Jones, he's getting up there, but when he plays, he's still underrated. Uh, and so I really like him. DeAndre Swift uh, provided a little bit of a spark, and as he got more and more reps, he became better and better and better. Um, and so when he says the offense, I think the offense is there. Um, but you can change your quarterback, and w- what's the worst that happens? You're gonna you're gonna lose more games. Like there's not that many more to lose than what Matt Stafford has lost. Yeah, and you know you can blame it on the defense no, or whatever. He's not in shootouts though, <laughs> and so it's not like right. a situation. Uh, you know, not this past year. I'm trying to think, was it? Two years ago, the Vikings were losing a lot of games, like 38-35. It was kind of like what Peyton Manning kind of did throughout his entire career. He lost a lot of big playoff games, 38-35. to You know, you can't blame mm-hmm. those guys for that. And so I think it's a situation where it doesn't hurt to change Stafford. I, look, I've always likened him to a fastball pitcher anyways. So as soon as that velocity starts to go... His game's going to change, and it's going to get pretty, and it can get pretty bad pretty quick. And with the injuries and the fact he is, I mean, he's younger than I thought he was, but he is getting up there a little bit. Um, and those injuries wear on you. 
And the fact he is one of those quote-unquote fastball pitchers, I think that uh, it is time to move on. You can trade him and you can get a quarterback and assets in return. Uh, You know, Sam Darnold was something interesting that kind of popped in my head. Yeah. You know, obviously he won't want to go to New York, but he's better than Sam Darnold. So you can get... Darnold plus assets to help build your team. Um, you know, you're not paying that Matt Stafford money because Darnold is still young and he's unproven and he's not great right now. But I don't think he's completely broken from the Jets. Uh, another potential option is go get Wilson out of BYU. I think he's for be the third quarterback taken. Um, I think it ultimately depends on if the Jets still feel comfortable with Darnold, uh, you know, I think he can uh, fall to the seventh spot in the draft. I think that that's a situation that I'd most prefer. And if you want to hold on to Stafford, you can go ahead and get Wilson. You can address defense with the rest of your picks. Get Wilson, let him sit a year under Stafford, and then have him ready to take over and uh, put Stafford on the block in a year. Uh, ideally, that that would be yeah. something that I would like because I don't want to trade Stafford plus assets to try to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. And so I feel like that's something you would have to do because Watson's A, better than Stafford. B, he's younger. And so you'd have to get rid of a lot more. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. That's the, the crappy part with this Lions quarterback deal. Because, look, if you keep them and then you do the route of you saying drafting, you know, the quarterback from BYU who is very good, you know, now you got a guy waiting in the wings when, when you decide to, like, maybe move Stafford or he wants to be moved, whatever it is. I think the other thing that could be interesting that they may do, because we've talked a lot about, you know, uh, them, them getting uh, another wide receiver, another adding more pieces to an already very good offense, keep Stafford around for two years, and, and maybe you're like, you know, a blessing from God. Stafford seems to just continue to play pretty well, where he stays, you know, injury free somehow, and then you know the football gods look down on us and say, you know what, why don't we just help Detroit for a change? Um, that's something they're talking about a lot. You know, you know when they talk about you know the the, the, the wide receiver from Bama, baby, we want him. Let's, let's add even more. That's been talked about a lot, Tyler. You know, like, can we draft this guy? I know the local heads hate it. They want Stafford gone tomorrow. They want to move forward. They want to get a new quarterback. But but the, to be honest, when I look at the whole mm-hmm. thing, Tyler, the defense is bad. I know it. I get it. I don't think you're going to get one guy defensively that's just going to turn this thing around. We already seen that happen this year with Alcuda. It didn't work out well. We, we drafted a defensive player. And you went out in the yard, Desmond Trufant. And we thought, you know, right. And I think we got to get away from that. I think you do go quarterback or you go wide receiver. And if you go receiver, obviously that tells everyone, look, Stafford's sticking around. We're going to just keep this offense rolling. We got a couple of years where maybe we can turn the corner. And then we got to reevaluate. I think you can get good pieces on defense through free agency. Mm -hmm. Still, they keep talking about it. I think they're right. I think you can. I think that's proven to work for a lot of teams. Um, and, and as bad as their defense was, there were moments where they weren't terrible. I mean, they had some good moments. They played pretty decent. And, uh, you know, honestly, as much as they love the offense, I thought the offense looked terrible at times. I mean, I, I thought, 
you know, look at the Jacksonville game. Wasn't it Jack or Carolina? Carolina, we, we couldn't do anything. We, we got shut out. So it's like, it's not like the offense no, it, was outstanding. So I think you got to look at everything. And with this team, that's the hard part, Tyler. You got to look at everything. I mean, you really do. I don't know what the right move is. If you if you said, hey, Jeremy, today you got to make a choice, I think you move Stafford. I think that's just the way you got to go. You got to find another quarterback who's young and say, look, it's your show. We got good pieces. And let's find a way to, to get a few guys for Stafford, maybe on defense, you know. Or, you know, yeah, you know, like you said, you get a young quarterback like a Darnold, you get a few other pieces besides him. That'd be a good move. I don't think that's a bad move at all. That's what I would do. But, man, well, I, I don't know if there's an answer, the man. I really don't. Um, in free agency. Um, I think that's something that they would have to look at. Um, ultimately, we don't know uh, what their situation, what they're planning on doing with Marvin Jones. And I think that that's a big thing. Um, because obviously, if he goes, you have to address that position. You need someone else besides Kenny Galladay. The only team that a one wide receiver set really works for is Green Bay. And when I say one wide receiver set, I mean one that you can consistently yeah. count on. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had you know some good, of the best <laughs> numbers of his entire career, and he still completed under fifty percent to Valdez Scantling, who was the number three receiver. That's like that's what I mean. Like he is right. a like Devontae Adams is the only guy you can pull that off with. I don't know. I I think maybe you could DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I feel like. The Texans have done that when Will Fuller got hurt, you know, every third play. But, and I don't think mm-hmm. Adams is really the best in the NFL, but the combination between Adams and Rodgers just works. And I think that there's a lot of oh, yeah. potential with Galladay, but you can address that receiver position. You need to address the quarterback position, though. Yeah, you do. I mean, I think that I, I know we're kind of hoping for that. Look, I, I have no knock on Stafford. You know, I don't think he's like an elite quarterback, but he's been good. But I think that if you want to move forward, you got to get some assets and, and, and get a trade going. And, and I don't know, man. I don't think they're going to do well, it. Well, here's another situation. I think it is the right move. Like I said, he's uh, hurt. So, Plus, you do have the slight age factor. You do not want to end up in a situation where you are scrambling either. Well, you have Stafford, get the assets for him. Because you do not want to end up in a situation like Pittsburgh. And, you know, you sit there and... Right. It's like, well, Pittsburgh had the best record in the league. Uh, well, you know, they just had a really bad game by Ben. Well, here's the thing. Ben has those bad games regularly in the playoffs. Well, they fell off at the end. It wasn't like, and he's banged up all the time. And look, the year before, what happened? Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's hurt, he's, but he, he's still good. And it killed him. It absolutely crushed him throughout a good chunk of the season. But look, he for the past few years in the playoffs, they the Steelers have gotten to that one game, and he has you know four or five turnovers. You know he he. He, yeah. He's running well, a bakery in the backfield. And so you don't want to end up in a situation yeah. like that because for the – I've been saying it for five years. The Steelers need to draft a quarterback. They need to draft a quarterback. I say it every year. My wife is a big Pittsburgh fan. Her family's from Pittsburgh. She loves the Steelers. And I say, get a quarterback, get a quarterback, get a quarterback, get a quarterback. Oh, we're going to take Jarvis Jones. 
Oh, we're going to yeah. take Lee Van Bell. Oh, we're going to take this guy. We're going to like, that's how long I've been saying it for is when Jones and yeah. Bell got picked up. <laughs> and look at that. The pieces they've had around him and, and the defense that's been so good. And they still can't get to the next level. That says a lot about Ben Roethlisberger not <laughs> being elite. I'm sorry, but it's just the bottom line. And he's older and he's hurt. So yeah, you're running in Detroit's case. You don't have room for that because you can't make well, up for it. And you also need play. to. So uh, you're, you also need to consider like you can sit there and you can build all of your. You can build your entire team while Stafford's there. You can try to do that. You can try to implement your new strategies to build this team while Stafford is there. But then Stafford's going to be gone, and you're going to end up in a situation like Pittsburgh is going to end up in. And you know you you said it. You talked about it. Last year, they barely missed the playoffs. This year, they finished with the best record, and it's because they had a mostly reliable starting quarterback. You know, like I said, Ben plays good for a majority of the season, but he does have two or three games where you're just like, will this guy retire already? And so... What are you doing? (laughs) Well, and that's not... You can't have that inconsistency in Detroit. And, And to be fair, because you've made a lot of statements about Stafford that I think are right on. It's not like he's winning a game. It's not like he's going out there and winning big games. I mean, he's he plays well, but you got to have a guy that can win you a game that you typically don't win. And maybe that would be a Darnold once he gets confident. You know, if you get Watson, that changes everything. I mean, I would be ecstatic if that happened. Because I think that guy is an elite quarterback and just needs to be in a place where he's the face completely and it's all about him. And, boy, Detroit's perfect for that. You know, they, I think they would embrace him, and I think he would play great. And I think that in a couple of years, they could be a darn good football team. And I think that that would be like a magical move where even you're not even going to get assets or whatever, but you got a guy who's young, who is really, really good, and you got the a lot problem, of people around the pro- him. So, the problem I mean, I hope it happens, Tyler. I mean, I think we've got assets. And that, that's, that's the part that – look, the Lions – don't have a huge farm system you know what they have as far as their youth goes as far as their talent goes is pretty legit but you can't afford to get rid of those pieces and then put deandre hopkins in another or excuse me deshaun watson in another situation where his best receivers is a is a kenny stills type you know you you can't do that to him you know he he's a guy who does deserve a lot better um, I think he's letting it kind of get to his head a little bit, but he is, he out at the same time, he's not wrong. And you don't want him in another situation where he's just going to be pissed off yeah. and unhappy. And that's what would happen if the Lions traded Stafford plus yeah. a couple of their assets. Yeah, you can't lose assets at this point. I mean, they have to have everything. So, yeah, I think that you could be on the right. Uh, end of this when you say let's draft a quarterback and that's probably makes more sense a one guy year. who could also learn for one, two one years year because Stafford, you do need to and then we move on from Stafford on. and you need yeah, to get rid of that cap is he got one or two sure years left, left though he's only got one more year left I thought it was two I mean I've been kind of diving into this more I mean obviously we we are locked and loaded when it comes to Michigan Michigan State stuff so I don't 
you know, the lions, you know, I'd like to turn my head to them, but I've been diving into this more wondering, okay, how many years do you have left? I think he has two on the contract and they, they've been talking a lot where if you get rid of them early, you're going to lose money out of it. That continues to be the theme. Uh, local people keep saying this, you know, on, on radio. I don't know though. I mean, I'd have to look more, but it's assets or everything. I mean, you've got to have well, it. Whatever well, it if takes, you get rid of it with one year left on this return, deal, and you you're not going to take the biggest hit in the world either. And that his salary plus, you know, the, the salary will be obviously picked up by another team. There will be the cap hit, but then you'll also be on a rookie deal with your quarterback and, you know, first round rookie deals for quarterbacks are incredible, but there's a big difference between number one and number seven overall. And I think if yeah, yeah, it, yeah that's if they go Lawrence if they and Justin Fields are talking, if they're able no, to pull and, the deal where they can get Wilson, you're paying Wilson with that seventh overall. You're taking a little bit of a cap hit, but the makeup and the salary difference between Wilson and Stafford is enough where you still have money to throw around, and then that cap hit's going to be. That cap hit's going to be released after Stafford steals up, and that's going to open things up. Yeah. We don't have a ton of time, but let me ask you a quick question on Wilson, because this is something that came into my mind as we're talking about it. Are you a little worried, though? Like, I know the competition isn't terrible, but it's not like major power five. He's not going against SEC teams every week. It isn't even something like Trevor Lawrence, where it's just proven how great he is, even though the ACC sucks. Do, do you think is that a little worry though that I mean this isn't a guy that you know in the even in the Pac-12 that's lesser I mean they're playing against teams like that but is there a little concern though okay no, this isn't a guy that's it, in the top it conference, absolutely though. isn't and I mean look there's quality quarterbacks that come uh, you know from all over you know if I'm I'm going to say this I'm probably going to screw it up. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Steve Young come from BYU? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, look, I would love if he turns into the righty Steve Young. I guess the main point of all this is because I don't want to go too long. They were literally playing nobody. And the parody is Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then, you know, pick any other team. But from like that five to eight range, once you get past that, the parody in college football is unbelievable. The talent is just being spread around sports because you get these kids who want to be the guy. And, or, you know, maybe Alabama's too busy loading up on this player and that player and they overlook you a little bit you know those those types of situations are uh you know what it's turning into you know kids are becoming kids are better athletes now kids are better athletes now uh once michael jordan's mcdonald's commercials yeah. you know stop forcing big mac into their faces you know so the so the combination of like <laughs> ultimately what some of these kids grow up with uh, you know there's a lot more you, you know you always hear these stories oh you know it was hard for me growing up it was hard for me growing 
grown up because of this and that and whatever. Look, this is a societal thing that I think ultimately breeds these kids to an extent because you know, their the homes are a lot more yeah. broken now. Yeah, let me let me dive into this because we don't have much time. I, I mean, that was it was really nice to talk Lions. I mean, I know we're excited and we're skeptical and all these different emotions, but it will be interesting. Excited and skeptical. Uh, sounds like Tony Romo during that uh, summer that we get to last play the Chiefs early. rant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the one thing I want to add about the Lions: look, you made great points. We know the Patriot way doesn't always work. Look at Tom Brady. This whole big thing about oh, let's see how he does without Bill. Well, we've seen how that goes. So I think that. You got to have players. I mean, I don't care. Yeah, and Dominican too really just says nothing at all. That's exciting. You got to have players. <laughs> you know, the, you got to have players, man. Matt Patricia wasn't even a great DC. We broke this down that they struggled with him. But you got Tom Brady. You got a great offensive system. You have a guy like that in good pieces. You can win a lot of games. It certainly wasn't his defense when they were down 28-3 in the Super Bowl to the Falcons. That's for sure. So I think we found out the hard way that the Patriot way is not going to be our way. We got to just find players that fit here. And that was a big thing they kept saying in the presser. We're going to find the right guy to play here. And that doesn't mean they have to be a certain guy. You know, I mean, it's we got to find the right guy here. And I just think, look, I know this is in left field, but Deshaun Watson just keeps popping my head. That's the type of guy Detroit needs a quarterback, in my opinion. The type of player like that. A young guy, we got to start over. So I hope that they start over. They hope they do something, whether it's drafting a young QB, making some moves. So we'll see. I want to add this real quick because I know we'll talk about it more next week when we get onto our Spartan Michigan stuff. I got two questions for you, Tyler, because you talked really, you know, quickly about Michigan State. And I made a statement. I don't think this team's going to win, you know, make a tournament. I, I think they're on the bubble, they're on the hinge now. How do you recover from this when you're out with COVID? You've kind of had a struggling season. You know, how do you find a way? And also the thing that's scary is what, you know, I guess it's a two-part question. How do they get better and how do they find a way to be competitive and really good again? And also, you know, how many wins, though, do you think this team must have to well, for sure solidify another tournament? The, the, num- the number of wins, you know, that's that's up in the air. Just, just look at the Big Ten. I think under 500 can actually get you in there. To be completely honest, under 500 in conference can get in there. So I'll answer uh, part B first. Um, not obviously, you know, you can't just win two and call it good, but yeah, uh, you know, you 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 have to knock off one or two premier opponents and try to avoid the upset at this point. Try to avoid the upsets. You can't lose to Indiana's. I know Iowa just did. You yeah. can't afford to do that because Indiana is not that good of a team, and Miller's just one of those coaches. Look, he has his own number. You know, that happens time to time. You know, great coaches run into coaches that aren't yep. that great. But, you know, what? for whatever reason, they get up for that game. And that's kind of what we thought D-Line was for a while. We thought he was that guy with, you know, he'll always finish the season, middle mm-hmm. of the pack. He'll, uh, he'll never be better on the year than Michigan State. That's kind of what we thought D-Line was going to be at the beginning of his tenure. Because he would beat Izzo with freaking Stu Douglas. <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, obviously that ended up yeah. not, you know, fully coming around. You know, Beeline's ended up being one, 
one of the best coaches I've ever seen. Um, so I think that that's it. As far as how you reset, I think this is per. I, yeah. I think the COVID reset's fantastic. You know, it is sucks for the players. They got it. You know, sucks for uh, Baby Izzo. Sucks for Sissoko. Sucks for Langford. Sucks for I think there were two other players. Uh, I don't know if the names have come out, but you know, and so you know, obviously yeah. hope that they can get healthy and have a great recovery and everything else. But you get, but you get time to practice. Yeah, no, and I, that's I think Michigan State will be fine. But yeah, the, the, the yeah, the scary thing about Michigan State is this. Look, I, I got to stick by my prediction, just like I said, you know. And I didn't lose the prediction on uh, Michigan Ohio State, by the way, because Michigan didn't lose to Ohio State this year. So I'm going to pat myself in the back there. Uh, we waved the white flag. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I got to stand behind what I said. I, I don't think this team's going to make the tournament. I actually think differently than you on the COVID thing. I think this is going to hurt them more than help them. I think you got to have gameplay. You got to continue to get your you know your feet wet and, and build some confidence. You don't build confidence fully in practice. You just don't. I think this hurts them. But like I said, this is a very good team. That's the sad thing. I mean, they're really good. They're really talented. They're really deep. I, it's just one of those weird well, well, years. We here, set up from day one, man. When I was in talking a COVID to world, you, God, anything we can happen. Had right? on here on I think that's what's happening trouble with the snap you know uh he's talking about how condensed everything was and how it was hurting this team that was trying to figure out okay how do you take off you know how how do how does Aaron Henry become the guy how does Joey mm-hmm. Hauser blend in with everything um and when all of that stuff started coming out you know that th- those are the questions that you really that you had to ask yourself and you're sitting here now. Uh, you've had a yeah. couple losses. You have time to go back and look at it. You have time to correct your mistakes. And you have this extra time to realize, okay, AJ's our point guard now. We're not going to toy with Foster anymore. Uh, we'll still play Yeah, Mark Watts. Not going to say his nickname yet because he needs to re-earn it. We're, n- we're not going to play him as a starting point guard, maybe we'll play him as a two because yeah. he's more talented than Lawyer. And he gives us a little bit more defensively, even though he's not been the defensive stalwart yeah. that he was at the end of last season. He gives you more defensively than Lawyer. Um, but I think it's close enough now you can probably play the heart a little bit more that Lawyer has yeah. than what Watts has. That, But you have that time to go in and hit the reset button uh, take a look at everything uh you know what's wrong with the team and you said that the team's talented so they can fix it and this practice time i think is going to allow them to do that and that was something that ioni said is they need to practice and with the condensed non-conference that hurt and they're they know coming up they're not going to get that because they're going to have to play three four games a week to try to make up their games that they postponed Right. Well, I think it kills them, Tyler. Yeah, I think it crushed them. It's, I, I don't think it's fair, but it's reality of the world we live in. I think this is a very good team. I just think this is a weird, odd year. And, and, and Tom's had these years, but he, he found a way to make the tournament still. We've seen it when, when Kalen Lucas was banged up. He got hurt, and the next year they were horrible. And, and you were wondering if they would make the tournament. And I think they still missed, did, obviously. Since his second year. They haven't not made the tournament in years. But my point is, it's just a weird year. Right, so it, it's 
I think, you know, <laughs> in a COVID year, <laughs> it's been so weird. This would be the year to have it, you know, have it happen. Uh, one quick thing on Michigan. I know we'll talk more. Mm-hmm. This game tonight is going to say everything I need to know about Michigan basketball. This game against a very good Purdue team who's playing great right now, if you can go in there and win, I think this team is special, Ben. I think this team is really good already. I don't want to sit here and say this team is elite or this team could make a, a run to the national championship, to the Final Four, like a lot of people are saying. I think they're good enough to, but this game would show me a lot when you're playing against a physical team, strong team, a confident team on their home court. If Michigan can win tonight, I have a whole new tune to my song because I think this Michigan team has found a way to really gel, and they played great this year. Uh, they're obviously in first place. Um, look, we're all going to be excited about it, but reality is the Minnesota game has to be an eye-opener still. Like, look, when they don't play perfect, they're not great. They have to play outstanding basketball. They can't turn it over. they got to play great defensively. They're going to have to stop Williams inside tonight, which is going to be a pain in the neck. Uh, this game's going to say a lot to me, Tyler. I won't even make a prediction. I've got off that. I finally made my prediction they lose, and they did lose, so I'm off that kicker because Minnesota smacked us. But uh, yes, yeah, no, because... Would well, you agree tonight would really say a lot? Right now. Um, I, I don't think they're that good. They don't offer a lot in the realm of quality offense, and we know what Michigan can do defensively. Um, and so I think that this is a situation that Michigan should win this game. Like, if they lose, then it just goes to show, you know, Big Ten, it's a Big Ten. It is what it is. You know, you just got to suck it up and deal with it. But if, I mean, they, they should win. Yeah. Purdue Purdue doesn't have the firepower right. to keep pace. Uh, I'm interested to see some of the matchups at center. Uh, interested to see both Williams and then, I can't remember the freshman's name. Yeah. Who's, uh, you know, Matt Painter's new giant. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And interested to see Dickinson. <laughs> He's a monster. Yeah. But, Big kid. Well, I got to cut, Tyler, I hate to cut you off. <laughs> I hate to cut you off, but I, I just wanted that to be part of our next show, obviously, on uh, Troubled Snap. But, man, that was great. It was fun, again, talking to Lions. We're, uh, we'll get diving into it. I got to get off now. Good luck today. Yeah, definitely looking forward to Enjoy it. Enjoy the family. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens tonight in the Michigan game, man. Yep. All right. Tyler Hayward again on the last cast. Thanks again for tuning in. We get...